General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, a podcast covering Blood Red Skies, a game of World War II aerial combat. I'm your host, Doug Glover, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Chris and Brett, for episode one of Lead Pursuit, the dreaded introduction. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brett. How are things going, guys? Hey, going pretty good, man. Hey, happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. We're glad to have you guys on the show today. Today's going to be a little bit of that horrible thing all podcasts have to do, which is an introduction, an overview, and talking about things that people may not want to hear about. But you know what? We're going to talk about ourselves for a little bit. So today we're going to talk about how we got into the game, you know, what our, our background in, in Blood Red Skies is, what our hobby background is, because some of us have come from other gaming systems and uh, other miniatures efforts. Then we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some, some real world background and then finally get into our choices inside Blood Red Skies. Specifically, are we playing Axis? Are we playing Allies? And, and which of the Air Forces and why? Because I think there's a lot of interesting choices that we've made figuring that out in the first couple months of owning the game. And really, it, it drives some of your, uh, your hobby choices uh, for the rest of your time in the game. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and I'll turn it over to Chris real quick to uh, talk about the choices you've made, uh, how you ended up uh, in, the, in the hobby career uh, that we are with Blood Red Skies and, and what your background is. So, well, just a little background on me, um, former Marine, um, former Marine um, aviator when it comes to being an air crewman in the back and getting yelled at by pilots and, and shooting machine guns. Um, nothing more interesting than that. But um, that's actually where I know Mr. Mr. Doug Glover from. So um, we, we crossed past many times in Marine Corps. But um, when it comes to gaming, I was your typical D&D kid who transitioned to Warhammer when he was young and joined the Marine Corps and kind of got away from all gaming. And then got sucked back in through the process of computer gaming. And uh, from computer gaming, it, it, it pulled me back into Warhammer. I'd, I'd play a lot of Horus Heresy. I paint a lot of miniatures on the Horus Heresy side. I'd, I'd say that I'm much more of a painter than I am a war gamer, to be honest. Um, but I do like to play. And, oh, that's, and that's just your excuse when I beat you. <laughs> so it is. It is. It is. So, I mean, because I don't know the rules, but I, I still paint better than you. But <laughs> <laughs> rules are advising as long as your army looks good. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I play computer games. And one of the computer games that, that got me into a sense of community was a game called IL2 Sturmovic. And it was a World War II flight simulator that um, when it started, just, just dealt with the Eastern Front. By the, by, by the time it finished, it covered all aviation. Um, for World War II. And, and you know, I, I did that. I drifted back away from computers and back into wargaming. And then along comes Blood Red Skies. And it's kind of got a mix of what I really enjoyed learning from aviation and aviation history and playing flight simulators and then the game mechanic that I'm used to with Warhammer. So something similar where I'm painting my own stuff. You know, it's just fascinating to paint my own aircraft. Absolutely. That's that's one of the funny parts uh, for me is is getting to choose and pick and and have some guidelines about what aircraft should look like. But there's just such a wide diversity of uh, of each different air arm, each Army, Navy, you know, uh, Marine Corps style aircraft and, and the paint jobs that may look similar, but are slightly different uh, as they were interpreted by each Air Force. Yep. And, and that's one of the. That's one of the things that led me to the Russians. I mean, it was just an easy choice for me because they, 
that there's there's so much that you can do with the yeah. Russian Air Force that you can't <laughs> yeah. do some of the others because of Lindley East and because of the ramshackle way they kind of put things together in World War II, and it just makes it really interesting. Well, and, and that's one of the warnings I'll put out to the listeners out there is that we are not rivet counters. We're not grown yards. We're not... Uh, uh, we're details, guys. We try to take care and make our models look good, but... If you're going to judge us based on the tone of my blue paint on top of my wildcat, yeah, I'm going to be guilty. I will have probably used the wrong one. And uh, so, well, <laughs> hey, hey, and you know what I've learned? Warlord isn't exactly Grodnart Ripper counters either. Because I got my, yeah, my Lydia Litvak model, and they have a picture of her airplane supposedly on their website with um with you know the her as an ace painted with the airplane painted on her little counter and it's somebody else's airplane she never flew white five <laughs> and she flew yellow 44 <laughs> so um yeah. we're, we're not the only ones in it you know some of that stuff it's you know it, it gets lost in the shuffle and what looks cool and, and everything else so well and to be honest that's why we're doing the podcast is we're we're enjoying yep. playing the game we enjoyed modeling for some of the game uh we're, and we're talking about it so, uh, Brett, why don't you give us just a little bit uh, about your hobby background and real world background and then how you ended up uh, suckering all of us into playing Blood Red Skies. I mean, how you ended up getting into the wonderful game of Blood Red Skies. Somehow, I think a lot of that is my fault. Uh, of the three of us, I am the latecomer, really, to tabletop gaming and, and everything. I mean, I as a kid, I was super into painting and modeling scale models of World War II aircraft. And, and when I think back, mostly... American bombers. Those are the things I can remember. Like, you know, I'd paint them all up and I'd hang them from fishing string in my bedroom. And I had, you know, it looked like the air and space museum in my bedroom. And, and I kept doing that. And I don't, not claiming that I had any great skill or anything, but it was something I just, you know, from my childhood, I, I remember as a great joy, but I did all, I did that, you know, probably through college, but never really returned to that since, uh, until, oh gosh, probably 10 or 12 years ago, a buddy of mine introduced me into, uh, the world of games workshop stuff and Warhammer 40 K specifically. And, uh, it took me back to a happy place. It, you know, what it really reminded me of was, uh, the joy I got as a kid, uh, both painting scale world war two fighters and bombers and the occasional, uh, pewter D and D mini I'd get out of a case somewhere at a hobby shop and paint up horribly. But, uh, now, you know, well, going back 10 years ago, you know, with the, with internet and everything else, just the amount of resources available to actually develop decent technique, it became a hobby for me. And uh, I've been painting. Uh, I can't say that I'm much of a gamer, but I do greatly enjoy uh, collecting and painting different models. And then when we all went to Adepticon here recently, I was just really interested in... Uh, I didn't know much about the game at all, but I knew we'd have a chance to see Blood Red Skies at Adepticon at the Vendor Hall. And I was just curious, really, about the scale aircraft game. I hadn't really seen it before, other than maybe pictures and stuff on the internet occasionally. And, but anyway, so I led you guys into uh, taking a look at it with me. We had the chance to play that demo game, and it's all history from there. <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill in my... Yeah, I just went for free pizza, and now I have miniatures. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just, I'm not even supposed to be here today. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Chris, was, Chris was super uh, reluctant, I think. I, I think uh, Doug was all in with me, but uh, Chris came along, though, once he saw us playing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Once we suckered you in. Well, yeah, so, so I'll tell you a little bit about my background beyond that. So that's my hobby background. Not much to say there other than, you know, I've really enjoyed painting and, and collecting and stuff. So perfect 
candidate for falling down the you know bunny trail for uh, blood red skies. But a uh, personal background, uh, I'm also a veteran. I'm a veteran in the Army, and that's how uh, Chris and I hit it off some years ago at that same Games Workshop uh, store. We would see each other and and commiserate on painting and stuff like that. So we just kind of naturally hit it off. And for the last few years, as you as you know, Doug, we've all been getting together to play tabletop games here at the home. As I mentioned before, we traveled together to uh, Adepticon recently, and uh, that's how we got this start going for Blood Red Skies. Yep, it's it's two Marines and a Ranger walk into a bar is, is how most of our stories start. Pretty much, it starts like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's good. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you guys uh, giving the listeners that background. Uh, for me, my background is, uh, is similar, a little bit uh, more diverse than some of the gaming uh, side. I spent a lot of time playing D&D, playing uh, a lot of different war games from Avalon Hill and SPI. So anything uh, World War II and Pacific was already uh, definitely in my wheelhouse. I loved that. Um, and probably about the time I uh, graduated high school, went off to college, I found Warhammer 40K. A friend of mine down, uh, down at school showed it to me, and I'm like, wow, these are cool. These are really neat miniatures. I kind of liked the, the game uh, back in the Rogue Trader era that was a, a cross of... Um, role-playing and tabletop board game so you know fast forward three or four years all of a sudden i too joined the marine corps and became super busy and stopped playing i i joke that i stopped playing miniatures war games longer than brett has been playing so that <laughs> my 18 year hiatus there uh by having a, a busy high tempo job uh, i kind of got back into it especially uh you know, towards the end of my career as you're trying to figure out what what hobby is going to take up all your time once you're uh, on the other side and uh, started painting again and, and, and playing Warhammer 40K, playing Horus Heresy and uh, and hanging out with uh, Chris and Brett. And then obviously this time ending up in uh, in Adepticon, Brett says, hey, let's go look at this co- game called Blood Red Skies, which quite frankly, I, I'd, I'd looked at. I, I you know, skimmed through a lot of the miniatures news uh, on a weekly basis. And I was like, ah, seems kind of interesting. No big deal. And, and and I loved it. And so so why did I love it? Well, Part of my background is I spent most of my 20 years in the Marine Corps flying F-18s as a weapon systems officer, sitting in the back, making sarcastic comments and generally trying to do my job. Uh, but I'd also spent a lot of my wargaming years playing games like Air War and some of these really, really detailed aerial combat games. And they weren't fun. I mean, it was great to sit around and hang out with friends and play the games, but I don't know if either of you guys ever played any of those. Those were you had a long tracking list of your energy state, your airspeed, your altitude, all these things that you had to keep track of. And it was just not fun to play. It was, it, it was sounds like just a much, bunch of bookkeeping. Yeah. It was too much bookkeeping. If you've ever played like Starfleet battles, same level of bookkeeping, actually probably more. And it yep. was, was not fun. So when I got suckered into playing blood red skies, thank you, Brett. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Cause it, it, it had the flavor of aviation and um, it had some things that made it feel like at least the, the maneuvering system and, and some things were, were somewhat based in reality and not just uh, out of a movie. Uh, but, uh, you know, as I've started playing it and started, uh, you know, practicing, uh, playing some of the games, there's, there's some depth there and it's, it's fascinating to me. And hopefully in the next couple episodes, we'll take some time and we'll explore, you know, what I've found about uh, some rules of dogfighting that, that do play in Blood Red Skies and some things that don't play in Blood Red Skies. But I think uh, Andy Chambers has definitely done a uh, an interesting turn on World War II dogfighting to make it uh, a lot less record keeping and a lot more fun. I thought it was oh, yeah, Hellcats I'd... and Corsairs that got you hooked. Well, that was the second thing. So, 
Yeah, being a Marine, um, I'm pretty much a sucker for anything that involves Guadalcanal or involves later, you know, evolutions with the black sheep. Or if you say, you know, Corsairs over Iwo Jima, yeah, I'm. So uh, that didn't help either. That that actually leads me right into the next section. <laughs> Thanks for the segue. Uh, <laughs> where it was going to be? What faction are you playing? Uh, what nation or what are you doing? Or if you're Doug and you're stupid, which two air forces are you playing? So I'll lead off with that real quick. Um, I, uh, as Britt alluded to, I did pick up U.S. Marine Corps aircraft. I couldn't do that. I couldn't skip on that as a as a good U.S. you know retired U.S. Marine. So I bought a, a box of Wildcats and just recently got my pre-order of Corsairs, and they're they're a lot of fun to uh, work with and to and to paint up. We'll see how they play on the table. Um, but uh, I originally had thought, all right, we'll split a box set. And and Brett, thanks for splitting the box set. That was a great intro, uh, easy way to start the uh, the game off. Um, and it got me started with the RAF. And I've never never been a big expert on the RAF. You know, I always knew a lot about uh, U.S. air power in World War II. When it came down to the RAF, I, I've had to do a lot of learning. So not just paint schemes, but all the different marks of aircraft. And yeah, I used to not be able to tell different marks of a Spitfire apart, and I'm not sure I still can, <laughs> but uh, but I'm getting there. So I ended up choosing the RAF. And, and we'll spend some time in later episodes talking about, you know, how the RAF uh, plays in the game since the initial um, episodes are set around the Battle of Britain. But uh, I've also picked up, uh, you know, P-51 so I can do some uh, some U.S. Uh, Army Air Corps kind of stuff and, and play with that. Chris, what about you? Who did you pick up? Well, you know, and, and I told you, I got into this partially. One of the things that pulled me into Blood Red Skies was that game IL-2 Sturmovik. And when I played that game, it was the first time that, that computers kind of became a real community when it came to computer gaming. So I actually had a we have a squadron. I'm still friends with all these guys. We still have a, a squadron ready room that we hang out with on a virtual ready room online. Still friends with all of them. And it was, like I said, an Eastern Front game. So it, it brought my focus um, at a point in my life where I had a lot of deployed time and a lot of reading time. Um, brought a focus for me for the Eastern Front of World War II, which is something me as an American, I didn't study as a child either. And um, I got completely hooked. Um, I got hooked on what went on between the Russians and the Germans and what an amazing, you know, just throwing of manpower and material against one another that was. And something that we don't study a whole lot. And then when Blood Red Skies came along and you, you told me you were you were basically going to play allies and Brett was thinking about playing Axis, I was like, well, I kind of leave the Russians and uh, I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, I thought the, it was the, just because you were so cheap you wanted to keep buying everyone else's Lend-Lease miniatures and calling them Russian miniatures. Hey, and that that's a BOGO too, man. It, it, <laughs> it, it also helps that the Russians painted their airplanes any damn way they wanted to and any time they had, you know, with whatever color paint they had at yeah, the time. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you really have got a lot of latitude when it comes to um, to paint jobs right now, which is something I'm really enjoying with it, too. And the, the Russians are just, a, they were a fascinating air force. You know, they, they came out of, in World War II, they, they had just come out of the purges where Stalin had basically wiped out their entire officer corps. So they were, they were starting basically from square one when the Germans attacked them with their air force. And they, they built a pretty amazing thing. And it's, it's, it's really interesting what they did. And, you know, and the first ace in the game for the Soviets in Blood Red Skies was, um, was Lydia Litvak, you know, and a lot of people in the world still don't know that, you know, there's a female fighter pilot ace out there and she was it. I mean, so there's some really interesting aspects to it that that are just fun to do. And I, I will admit, I love the Lend-Lease idea because 
there's very few aircraft that are completely off the board when it comes to, to you know, fixed wing monoplanes out there that you can't play as the Russians because, you know, the Brits and the, and the Americans were feeding them aircraft through the entire war and they were they were flying Spitfires, Hurricanes, Warhawks, um, Aracobras, along with all of the stuff that they were building. So it's just a fun Air Force to build and play. Brett, what about you? Who, uh, who did you pick and why? Well, I was immediately drawn to the Luftwaffe. So the starter set, you know, I was really hoping you'd be down with splitting that with me and uh, would let me take those Luftwaffe planes. And that's <laughs> Absolutely. Really yeah, the colors, I think that's really the main thing. I, I like, I don't know, I, I just like the lines and looks of practically all the Luftwaffe aircraft. And I like the, the fractal pattern camouflage. I, you know, I don't even know that's what it's called, but you know what I mean? It, just the, the, uh, there's something aesthetically very interesting to me about all the uh, Luftwaffe aircraft. So that's really what it was for me, really just rule of cool. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I picked up Luftwaffe. I've uh, since built, uh, well, the, the 109s from the starter kit. I've got a squadron of PF uh, 110s complete. Um, but uh, knowing that you were super interested in the Marine stuff, I also grabbed uh, a squadron of Zeeks. So, uh, um, painting them now, actually. So with, I'm gonna I'm gonna do all axis. I'm gonna do Luftwaffe and I'm gonna do Japanese. Excellent. I'm so glad that I suckered someone else into having at least two different nations they're playing. I thought I was the oh. only idiot. <laughs> if, if you don't think I'll be playing Marine air, airplanes here at some point, um, I, I've I've had Pappy Boeington in the Corsairs in my box in my 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 checkout cart several times, but it's like no 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 focus on one thing. <laughs> you know you, you don't need I, to do the same thing with other hobbies that you've done do, and do it with this hobby where you've got more miniatures than you'll ever paint. I, so, I'm already um, there, so it, it didn't help. <laughs> You know, quick moment of silence for the war store closing. Okay, oh, yeah, <laughs> that uh, that sucked because they've been my uh, my hobby crack dealer for years. Uh, but in the process of them closing, they obviously had one of their spring cleanings, and I think I cleaned up on a lot of uh, RAF aces, um, some some other aircraft and and things, which uh, didn't really help my hobby progress. I think it set me back further than than anything else. But at least it was an opportunity to to fill up the stockpile of things to build and to paint. Yeah, and that, that's one of the neat things about it, too, is that it just doesn't take that long to paint something with this game. And I think all of us coming from the, the background of Warhammer and Horse Heresy, where, you know, it's building an army is an undertaking. And um, this is, you know, you could honestly, if you if you dedicated yourself, you could put an Air Force on the table in a matter of days with this game. Absolutely. That looked, that looked pretty darn good. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, most of the scenarios you have enough flexibility that it would be two boxes of airplanes is really what you need because you you get counters in the starter set for your bombers so yeah. you know and, and if you wanted to buy an expansion that's awesome and still use the bomber counters but use them for halifaxes use them for b-17s whatever you you get in your expansion kit yeah absolutely so one of the other things i just wanted to cover real quick uh before we end up finishing up today was kind of where our uh where our goals were, what we're looking at uh, in the near term, because I know we're going to get together in about a week uh, and knock out uh, a little bit of playing and uh, hopefully hang around, drink some beer, and uh, maybe even do a podcast uh, while we're down there. But what are you guys looking to knock out in the next couple of weeks? So, Brett, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, I'm working on Zeke's right now, and I expect I'll have them finished, certainly before you guys get here to play. Uh, they're pretty easy to paint, so I've got them... Uh, probably at least a halfway halfway done. So I got a squadron of Zeeks and uh, 
Saburo Sakai ready. Nice. So I'll have him ready. So good, good. Yeah. Well, on my side right now for Russians, I've got um, my my first set of um, red nose yaks almost done. Uh, I've got I just started doing megs today, so I got a couple of lead megs from the um, the Johnny Red box that came out here recently for Blood Red Skies. And I've got one batch of Lendley's Hurricanes that are half painted. And I've got my three, um, my th- first three Russian bombers that are about 90% done. And that's, that's the goal is having that stuff done by next Friday so that I've got a, a pretty decent air contingent of targets for um, Brett's Luftwaffe to shoot down. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I know that I'm not getting uh, my bombers uh, finished because I haven't started them. So they're definitely not going to make it there in a couple of days, I don't think. Uh, I, I actually was suckered in by the mosquitoes uh, simply because of all the D-Day uh, scenarios that were going on. They were putting up uh, on the web. And those those are cool, but you know none of us uh, had really agreed to play anything uh, past the early years. So I'm going to you know, kind of reset my focus, finish up the last of my uh, Spitfires. I've got uh, four Hurricanes I'm going to finish up here and then uh, just knock out some onesies of, uh, of other aircraft. So like reconnaissance variants, I've got uh, I've got that Spitfire done. Sadly, my reconnaissance mosquito is back in the stripper to be stripped, and we'll see if it gets painted and primed <laughs> before I make it down there just to show it off because I've had to do a little customization on that. But uh, I'm just going to try to knock through the the last of the hurricanes, and quite frankly, it's uh, the hurricanes are are going fast. The slowest part of it has been it's hot and humid here in uh, in Beaufort, South Carolina. So. It's not exactly where I want to be standing out in the garage doing my airbrush work. So the environment is is complaining or is conspiring against me. (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely not friendly up there in the swamps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome, guys. Let me ask you, you guys have all painted early war then, right? Correct. I've got one late war um, uh, Mustang Mark IV painted up uh, for their RAF. That's it. All of my stuff is early Great Patriotic War uh, Russian stuff. So I've, I've got nothing beyond... Uh, early MIGs, early Yaks, and um, the, the the bombers, which were basically they should have been taken out of service, but they couldn't afford to uh, when the war started. So, yeah. so yeah. it's it's all early stuff. All my stuff is late summer, nineteen forty, and uh, coincidentally, my Zeeks are as well. So, we're, uh, all the same time frame for the across the board. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to get uh, any Corsairs done past uh, Pappy's Corsair that I did the the test paint job on. So I'm turning back around to the Wildcats, but. And like I warned you, my uh, my Wildcats especially are going to look like the Rainbow Squadron because they're going to be done in, in, in pairs. So each each section, I'll have a section uh, done for Guadalcanal, a section done for the uh, the British Fleet Air Arm, um, and then the other one is is kind of to be determined. It's it's undercoated such that it could be another Guadalcanal, uh, either uh, Marine or Navy Squadron. But uh, we'll see what I pick there. I kind of wanted to save it for a uh, a desert Malta kind of scenario for the uh, for the RAF and the Fleet Air Arm there. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to sit down and uh, chat through this today. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we'll knock out a few more of these and uh, knock out some more detail for the listeners. Things that they probably care about rather than hearing about us, care about yeah, uh, some tactics, <laughs> care about uh, learning uh, what worked, what didn't work, uh, and then uh, hearing a little bit about some hobby techniques and some hobby progress and some things that yep. work. Definitely be doing some painting episodes because that's, I know for me and Brett, Brett is, 
is probably one of the best brush painters that I know. And um, I've been an airbrush painter forever. So um, we're, we're kind of merging our hive minds and uh, we'll have some interesting stuff to put out the community on painting these aircraft. And that's a perfect segue. If you haven't already, go over to our Facebook page uh, to Lead Pursuit Podcast. Uh, go ahead and follow us there. We'll have uh, some of these photos, uh, some videos, when we get a chance to edit the video together uh, with some of these techniques showing how you can uh, really apply a level of detail pretty easily to your uh, Blood Red Skies miniatures that make them uh, really pop on the gaming table. 